0: This episode is brought to you by City Index. You shouldn't have to pay a premium for the most exciting market opportunities. Start trading the biggest companies for less with City Index's commission free US share CFDs. Go long or short with zero dollar commission on Apple, Amazon, and our full range of US markets, both in and out of hours. Visit cityindex.com to try a risk free demo account today. City Index, invested in your success. All trading involves risk. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is the 19th of August, 2022. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know on this Friday, everything about the week in markets, in finance, in business, in startups all of the above. I'm here with Kyle Rada. How are you?
1: I'm actually fantastic. It's been a very busy week. The adrenaline Mm -hmm. is high. I've had my third coffee and uh, ready to round out the week and what a good week it's really been.
0: It's been a fantastic week and I'm going to start this episode of the podcast by just thanking um, all of the company CEOs (laughs) and CFOs who've made time for us this week. Also, I will thank the many, um, much unsung investor relations people, and PR and executive assistants that have helped as well, because it does take a bit of logistical coordination to make it all happen on uh, on both ends, really. But it's been a fantastic week. Um, you know, we've spoken with so many great CEOs from big companies, from small companies and got a lot of insights into the macro environment, Kyle. You know, one thing, it's been so good. The CEO of Pact Group Mm -hmm. um, sticks out in my mind. had a really good conversation with him about rising costs, but it's not just the input costs because that's pretty obvious. It's a packaging company, but he talked to us about employees, what he's having to do to keep employees happy and on board. He talked about energy. And that to me is one of the – I think we're going to be talking about it more and more and more here in Australia, just the pressure that it's putting on manufacturers, on businesses, you know, to really actually – like keep things ticking along.
1: Retain staff in particular. Actually, it's a little bit of a digression because it's a, it's a macro thing. But uh, on that, and I was talking to Adelaide Timbrell today from the ANZ for the Big Picture, and they're forecasting an unemployment rate that will get below 3%. And they're saying these he's persistent, pardon me, persistent. Uh, issues with uh, labour shortages will obviously persist. Um, and that's going to put a lot of pressure on businesses uh, trying to, to manage those labour costs.
0: Well, I was having a bit of a think of this today because that has dominated with the wage price index and the jobless rate this week. Um, and also articles, you know, in the Fin, the one that sticks out is dishwashers and wait staff being given a $5,000 sign-on bonus if they last the summer. Right. And I was thinking, you know, at the at the first blush, you know, you've got the crew that says, that's fantastic, because that means that more Australians are in work. Yeah, that sounds good. And I get it at a very base level. But inevitably, with such a competitive jobs market, and a wage price spiral potential, uh, look, what it does is it puts a lot of pressure on a lot of small businesses. It makes some businesses not viable. And it also brings about you know the rising interest rates because the RBA does not want a wage price spiral and they will fight against that at any cost so what does that mean more aggressive monetary policy what does that mean you bring on a recession what does that mean people lose their jobs it's like it's
1: the cycle
0: it is the cycle but i think that it's just so exacerbated by the pandemic by you know formerly closed borders by a lack of staff processing visas there's so it just feels like the ultimate pandemic Hangover.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We need to bring all those English backpackers back to to make our coffees. I think that's that's the first thing. Kyle, you know,
0: we say that. It's very, you know, and I know you're just being flippant and it's fine. But like I had two babysitters pre-pandemic who were here from Columbia and they were studying. Mm. One of them was working at Mr. Wong's, also looking after, you know, our children. Part of the time, and the other one was, and they they both had to go home because yeah. they couldn't survive here during COVID. They're not coming less back.
1: Friends, that's my social <laughs> life taking a hit. So they're all gone a lot of them just gone back to the UK. But anyway, no, it's call
0: uh, Kyle number zero four. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Imagine uh, You'd well, get you get know, flooded. You know where I'm. Yeah, you know where nice <laughs> Um, but yeah, so those are the big macro things from the week. But also the Fed. You talk to the Fed yeah. guy.
1: I talk to the Fed guy. I this is my little OTC contribution this week too. Where the best thing about this job is that you've got a platform where you go, hey, do you want people to listen to you? I can facilitate that. And a lot of these folks always say yes. So I uh, got to speak to the Fed guy. And the um, off the back of the minutes that we got this week and a lot of the Fed chat, and the fact that the markets are still pricing interest rate cuts from the Fed next year, uh, the Fed guy background ex-trader for the Fed was there during the repo blow up during the pandemic as well says markets aren't pricing this right Um, there's a regime shift going on and this assumption that rate cuts are going to come and equities are rallying on the basis of that it's far too optimistic it's 2010s we're in the 2020s now it's it's just a new new regime so that was as fun as it was, as insightful, and maybe casts a little bit of a doubt on this rally because a lot of this rally is premised on that rate cut story mm-hmm. for 2023. The, the so-called
0: Fed. Pev- Fed pivot. Um, another, Yeah, I had a chat pit. with yeah. Matthew Sherwood from Perpetual. You know him well. And, uh, yeah, he's just saying, look, we have seen – bear market rallies before and he said this one in comparison is not even that crash hot like he's not impressed and he's saying you know just wait these earnings downgrades are coming but he believes that the sell-off the next leg down will start in september so when you think about it that's a that's a couple weeks away if that a week and a half away Yeah, you know we're we're sort of through august which brings me back to equities Um, because you know it was a busy week when it came to reporting season today a mostly positive day uh the companies that reported though I would say on balance, uh, it was a bit split. So we saw, for example, Ingham's Group down by 9%. AGL Energy, I spoke with the CFO, if you'd like to take a listen, it's up online, down by 5%. Um, But on the other side of the spectrum, Cochlear was up by 2%. Newcrest Mm. up by 3%. And uh, a smaller company called 4D Medical, which I spoke with on the small caps, up by about 5%. So yeah and, and that's the way it's gone. Yeah, TPG
1: week. Telecom too just chucking in there down almost 13%. Oh really? I didn't have yeah, that. Yeah, no, on my... I just put on the I just chucked it up on the ASX website down 13% too. So that's a that's another that's another big move.
0: Yeah. Um you know, if I look down the list, a lot of the movers have come in the wake of their results this week as well. Of course, ASX was sold off yesterday up today. Um, we have the broker, you know, brokers weighing in, which sometimes pushes things around the next day. And, and oftentimes when there's been that knee-jerk reaction, that really, sh- you know, severe knee-jerk reaction yeah. on the day... We have been seeing a bit of buying coming through. Challenger comes to mind this yep. week. I mean, absolutely tanked on the day, but there, I mean, it didn't recoup all of its losses, but you did see people moving in and thinking there was a bit of a deal to be had.
1: Yeah. Well, this is a, I mean, this is a good thing about earnings season that right? Is that it causes this volatility where positioning gets rocked and you can start to find those sort of dislocations to potentially get into a, a, a stock that you like at a cheaper price, you know? So it's not just kind of... Hearing the good news that you want to hear, it's also, you know, opening up those sort of buy opportunities when um, when we do get position cleared out like that.
0: Yeah, well, listen, I, I hosted the call today and it was a good one with Andrew Page from strawman.com and uh, Luke Winchester from Meriwether Capital. So, talking a lot about the small end of the market, but um, Luke, just a comment stood out to me. He said, it's such a relief in reporting season to get back to fundamentals, you know, huh. to be able to to read through the results. So away from all the inflation talk, the rate talk, uh, you know, all of that macro stuff, the ES is important and yes, dominates and yes, has that trickle down impact. He's like, but to actually... Black and white, this is what we did and this is what we expect to happen. He said it's an absolute relief and that, that's why I like reporting season. That's why I enjoy speaking with all the CEOs because we get a mix of it. We get why, you know, the why behind the numbers, the where to from here and what are you seeing? You know, mm. what are you seeing at the coal face? What are customers telling you? I spoke with uh, Mark Fleming from SCA Property Group this morning. He's the CFO there. And, you know, he said, like, really, the retailers are doing really well in their centers. Now, they have sort of regional um, community sort of centers. There's um, grocery stores and like a lot of those sort of day to day, really more consumer staple type. But he said, you know, they're traveling very well. They're obviously bracing for a slowdown in consumer spending to come. But so far, really so good.
1: Yeah, okay. No, it is interesting, yeah. I mean, I'm getting a lot of that coming through um, some of the CEOs I'm talking to as well. You know, Black Moors was was one yesterday. I had a bit of a chat through, and It was a the same story, actually, fairly sanguine when it came to the demand demand side of things. So, I mean, I think that's where, for, for me, when you when you try and infer, because obviously my background's a little bit more looking at maybe the bigger picture of things. But, you know, you get much more timely and I think reliable information when you talk to, to corporates rather than looking at the aggregate data that is sometimes mm-hmm. lagging or, you know, can sometimes be a little bit noisy too so when you can hear it you know to, to, to use the um, you know the phrase straight from the horse's mouth I guess um, it gives you a lot of insight when it comes to just you know the bigger picture as well
0: and that's why you always ask and that's why it's so good when companies put out what the first few weeks of the um, you know the new financial year um, mm. has been like because it just gives you that real-time insights not relating on Relying on RBA liaisons or anything like that? Yeah, right. any of the, the shady <laughs> yeah.
1: things that go on there and uh, in the very obscure world of central banking. It- um, but. Yeah, no, totally. And, you know, the company outlooks as well. And I think that's the other theme too, obviously, is that, you know, companies that didn't publish um, guidance were, were pretty uh, severely mm-hmm. punished.
0: Origin Energy, AGL today. Uh, AGL saying, look, it just couldn't publish guidance when it's got yeah. a, uh, you know, the strategic review going on, which will end in September. And the CFO did commit to releasing guidance then. Um, as far as the macro, because I know you want to go there. Look, this week <laughs> is done and dusted. Next week we get, no, nah, it's not a big week here. We get, um you know, the initial s PMI coming through for, well, not just here, but around the world. There's, yeah. uh, there's a speech by an RBA official, Jonathan Cairns, head of domestic markets, but that's not going to be market moving. Yeah, skilled jobs, vacancies. There's nothing really big here. And in terms of overseas, I mean, we've got the Jackson Hole yeah, Symposium. That's that's, that's the money shot, right?
1: Absolutely. You get all those rich central Bankers and other financial elites gathering in Wyoming around a campfire to talk about, you know, how they solve the problems of the world. I, I can't wait, and you know, of course, too. It was, uh, was it? It was 2020. God, time flies. Um, 2020, when we did have that pivot towards average inflation targeting that was announced at Jackson Hole, which you know, arguably has paid, paid this kind of, uh, paved the way to this surge in inflation in the United States that we've seen over the last um, you know, 12 months or so. So you'd expect a lot to come out of this um, in terms of getting a feel for what the Fed's planning to do going forward, because some of the Fed speakers that we've had in the last few days have really cast doubt on this whole notion that the Fed will cut rates next year. It's this kind of like higher for longer attitude this, mm. that's, uh, that, that keeps you know, coming up, but the markets don't seem to be really listening to.
0: Yeah, well, maybe bond markets a bit, but um, yeah, okay. Um, I'm a goose. I missed my segue for AGL. It was the stock of the day. I spoke with, yeah, Andrew Page from com and Luke uh, Winchester from Meriwether Capital. Let's hear what they had to say.
2: It's probably one of the messiest results I've seen in a long time. There's so many moving parts to this business. And I, and I honestly struggled to really get a feel for, for what direction the business is going in. The share price certainly suggests that there's some, some struggles ahead of it. Um, and if you take a step back from the, the operating environment, um, you know, you're talking about a business still dominated by coal production and, and you know, record high coal prices, the volatility, of the energy market you were just discussing. And then the ongoing um, issue they face of, of, you know, this is a business that sort of sees its future transitioning to renewables. But how do you balance getting to that future versus maybe maximizing the cash flows out of the assets you have now so it's very difficult and, and they're probably some of the questions that, that investors need to ask themselves um it's it's ironic i'm on here with andrew because i know one of the things he loves to say nadine is you don't get extra points for complexity in the investing um, and it's the first thing i thought about when i looked at agl it was just so complex i you know i, I think even if there are opportunities here and Someone like Mike Cannon-Brooks, maybe he has more of an altruistic um, approach to a business like this, but obviously he sees value in it, and I'm sure plenty of other mm-hmm. pl- plenty of other investors do. The complexity to get to that value is just too difficult
3: for me. I don't think I've ever heard the term strategic review um, being uttered when things are going well, right? So that's probably the first thing to, to um, pay attention to. But look uh, even before these latest set of results it's been a dog's breakfast I mean shares are down half from where they were 10 years ago we just saw the five-year chart there uh, and I'm not a chartist but the, the you want to you want to plot out what the fundamentals have been doing whether it's a sales or an earnings or a dividends it's just it's just really really ordinary and structural change is something that I very much pay attention to because there can be huge opportunities when industries undergo such significant change but, it's usually not a good thing for the incumbents and the the business here, I think the board needs to be taken to task. Mike Cannon Brooks makes a lot of sense when you hear him talk about it, what's happening with this industry and energy generation has been on the radar for a long, long time. And they sat on their hands, things have been politicized and lo and behold, they're bearing the consequence of underinvestment, poor capital allocation. Can it be turned around? Potentially. Um, But, you know, as Luke was saying, you know, you don't get extra points for degree of difficulty and and this is just way too hard. Mm -hmm. No, thanks. Much better opportunity.
0: That would be in the too hard basket for both of those guests. Um, You can listen to that whole episode of The Call via, um, you just go online and it is, uh, I thought it was a good episode of The Call, but I guess I'm biased, aren't I?
2: Yeah.
1: No, you did a great job.
0: (laughs) Why, thank you. I was talking about them, but regardless, I'll take it. After the week that's been... So big. Okay, next week it's just as big. Nick Scali, U Media. You Know there's uh Ansel, there's Boral, there's Seven Group, Woolworths. there's Dominoes, there's West Farmers, there's yeah. Wool, yeah, it's it, it was the, list goes be on. the biggest one, wouldn't it? Biggest I think so. Think. It's usually peak reporting season yeah, this yeah. week, I so I know.
1: it's going to be an old slaw. It's going to be fantastic.
0: Um, so yeah, it was a positive session to end this week, and we will take it, we'll take it, we'll put it in our pipes, and we'll smoke it. And you and I have got to go, Kyle, because we've got a drink to have. It's a party. We'll we got to have a drink pop, as drink well. The, the last call is on. If you miss it live, you should catch up with them on the weekend. We will wrap equities, we'll wrap the big picture and have a bit of fun as well. We've got special guests that I'm told are very very colorful. So, let's go do it, Kyle. Rock and roll. Thank you. Yeah.